Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Leavening, where we talk a lot about evil. Um, there's some spoilers about Black Panther. Actually, the whole episode doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you haven't watched that movie. So if you haven't watched that movie, watch it. Then you can listen to this episode. We also have some spoilers on Harry Potter. So if you're in those books or movies and haven't finished them, this might not be the episode for you. In this episode, we talk about how we can recognize evil. We talk about how evil is often compartmentalized. We talk about toxic male dorkiness and bungee jumping disciples. We hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to be part of the conversation, feel free to call or text us at 682-556-5801 or leave us a post at our Twitter page, at The Leavening. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Leavening, as always, or as usual, as always up until this point. I'm here with Lonnie and Betsy. How are you two doing today? So good. How are you, Ramiro? It's a mixed bag, but pretty good. <laughs> All right, good. It's cold, very cold out today. So yeah. It is very cold and um, layering is a challenge. Yeah. So let's talk evil today or evil as no one really ever says. <laughs> Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is how do we even recognize evil when it exists? How do we recognize something is evil? And, the uh, I don't know, the frame I want to use is the movie Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. So who is the bad guy? Who's the evil character there? Is it Killmonger? Is it Claw? Is it nationalism? Is it racism? Is it ignorance? Like, where is evil there? Is it all over the place? Is evil diffused? How do we recognize evil? I think if we're talking in the context of Black Panther, then it depends on who you're talking about, like whose perspective you're looking at it from. If you're looking at it from Eric's perspective, from Killmonger's perspective, then the evil is the empire, right? Right. Both of Wakanda and of America, Mm -hmm. like these imperialistic forces that have conspired against him to keep him from what is rightfully his from his birthright. dad killed his father right that's evil that's evil like all of that is evil um but he's the villain mm-hmm. of t'challa's family right because he comes in and tries to upset the status quo. But he, is he even like the villain of Wakanda? Like there's probably some in Wakanda. There was some in Wakanda. They're like, no, this guy is showing us the right way. We've been like hiding behind our borders for too long. And Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it like, I think. Well, I don't <laughs> think villain and evil are the same. I don't think so. Either. I don't yeah, think those are good. synonyms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what makes Black Panther such a, interesting and great movie is that it's nuanced right like there's not it's not like in disney movies where like actual disney movies i know like marvel is disney now and that's you know t'challa is a disney princess but um but in like animated classic disney movies Mm -hmm. you know who the evil is you know who the villain is because they're always purple and green and and or with weird facial hair like right Yeah. yeah yeah uh and so you can tell what's happening and they're suspect from the moment they step on screen. And with Black Panther and with 
other modern Marvel and, I don't know, I guess more modern movies, there's more nuance in that. I think we're recognizing that evil is everywhere, mm-hmm. but also redemption is possible everywhere. Right. And so it's not, nobody is just one thing. Nobody's just one thing. I like that. But if I didn't like that, <laughs> if I want to find comfort in a world where I can easily recognize good, bad, hero, villain, then seeing something like Black Panther, seeing something like anything that has some kind of, you know, that's just lives in the gray area might make me unsettled and mad. Is it fair for, what do we do with people like that? What do we do with people who insist on seeing things in a binary way? How do we make them feel more comfortable? Oh, I was going to say we make them walk the plank, but um, (laughs) (laughs) no, like, (laughs) but if you're asking how do we make them feel more comfortable, that's a different, my brain has to get eugenics. Oh yeah. That's also bad. (laughs) (laughs) That would be actually just like actually evil. Um, I feel like lots of my job, so as a youth minister, teenage brains Mm -hmm. go from being uh, concrete thinkers, like kids are concrete thinkers, and everything is binary and black and white, and there is no room for gray. And hopefully, by the time we're adults, we can see gray space a little better. Like, that's how our brains are supposed to develop. Some of us do that better than others. And so what's fun about being in youth ministry is helping people navigate through that transition. And so part of what I do is I just um, kind of force the gray area into things. Um, We had kids who wanted to have a conversation last Sunday and they were like, can we argue uh, pop culture? And I said, sure. Can you do that without it being political? Mm -hmm. And they all just kind of looked at me and I said, like it's fine we can actually we can absolutely have this discussion but if it turns political i'm going to take whichever side feels least supported and i'm going to win <laughs> <laughs> even if it's not the side that i believe because you need to hear that there is value and truth on both sides and they were like oh and they had no interest in having that conversation <laughs> anymore um because what they wanted to do was to argue with all the people who disagreed with them and sure. make them feel dumb um, and that's what the binary does, right? Yeah. Like everybody who believes the opposite of what I believe is just wrong. And the gray area helps us be like, oh, yeah, that's not a thing. Betsy, you work with people that span ages. Like your all family ministry is kind of your jam. But you've dealt with little ones too, like, yeah. you know, confirmation, pre-confirmation age, you know, grade schoolers. Is it good to introduce them Two gray areas. Yeah. I think the cool thing about doing family ministry, birth through college age adult, yeah, birth through death, is that you you have the the typical four-year-old, right, who totally pushes along the gray space. Why? 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 They're such great question askers, right? And they force the grownups that are around them into that gray space. What do I believe about that? And what do and how do I answer this on a level that's really age appropriate? But what do I believe first before I answer it kind of thing? So we have these four year olds and five year olds that are really good about pushing their grownups um, into that space. And then all of a sudden, they become very black and white, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're trying to figure it all out. 
Um, and by the time that we get them to confirmation that those 11 and 12 year olds asking questions becomes the way that we help them start to form those ideas and look at all sides of a, of an issue. Um, so it's exciting. That's really exciting. But we go, we, it's this real ebb and flow, right? This real pendulum swing from where they're doing it themselves to where then we have to force them to do it and to get into it. Yeah. Um, I think, no, go. I think that's part of what made what if so interesting Mm -hmm. as an animated series is that we got a chance to look at what if Eric was the hero, right? What if, T'Challa was Star-Lord? What if all of these different things were different and all of these people who we had put into boxes and categories were not that thing? And it asks the question, right? I right. mean, that's the part of the, the, the what if, the I wonder, the mm-hmm. all of those mm-hmm. pieces. That yeah. really forces us into, oh, is there something other than? Yeah. yeah. This idea that... uh Evil's more diffused, right? Like maybe, like when Black Panther, like evils and different characters at different mm-hmm. times. I I'm interested in that, but it's I think that part of the reason that we kind of make the world binary, black and white, is because it's just easier for us to put things in compartments, right? So it seems like a lot of times in movies, the way evil is dealt with is that it's put in a compartment. It's like locked away. It's like in a ring of power. It's in one character, you know, like uh, Darth Sidious. It's just in one, in like in, um, in Shang-Chi, it's um, behind a wall. You can box it up, right? Put it, it away, put it on the shelf. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I'm, and I'm wondering, is that, it seems like that's how evil is dealt with mostly in movies. And I'm wondering if that's how we view it as Christians too. Ooh, I th- I think the reason we put it that way in pop culture is because that's how we other it. Mm-hmm. If it's something you can lock behind a wall or you can pinpoint to a ring or whatever, then that's not me. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to do with that thing that's locked behind there. So I'm a good person. It separates us. It's totally right. separated. Ooh. It's this this entity that we're touting out is evil. Mm-hmm. And so everybody who's not involved with that thing is not evil. Right. Uh, And I don't think that's how real life works. Yeah, I don't either. But I think that's how we like to think that real life works. Yeah. We see it. It is a pretty bow on top. Yeah. Yeah. We see it all the time. Like, well, most recently in just life, we're seeing it with ideas about racism, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't have any internalized racism because racism is bad and I am not a bad person and so I cannot be racist. Mm-hmm. And we miss the nuance of all of that, that like, yes, racism is bad and yes, we all have internalized racism. Mm-hmm. And the point of it would be that we have to rid ourselves of that process. Well, yeah, what defeats evil? I guess that's the question, yeah. right? right? Mercy defeats evil, right? right. I, I think so. I think yeah. so. And so like... Mercy, what is mercy? Well, so God's grace, grace, right? God's grace, and then mercy is God's grace moving through us, right? I mean, that's that's the act of, and so so mercy, God allowing God to move through us, getting ourselves out of the way, Mm -hmm. allowing God's grace to move through us, and mercy. That's what defeats evil, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's that that purifying process. Yeah, like that's the sanctification part Mm -hmm. of um, of the whole thing. And so, what is that? Like, you know, things that aren't at least a little bit 
messy Mm -hmm. don't need to be sanctified. Right. Right. (laughs) Like that's the reason that exists. It's in the black and white category. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If it was already all white, like you don't, I don't wash the clean dishes in my cabinets every time I do dishes. Right. Right. You only wash the dirty dishes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Clean stuff doesn't have to be cleaned. Um, yeah, that so maybe, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's where we are. But with evil, mm-hmm. in pop culture, we lock it because then you can have a villain, yeah. right? You can lock it in. You can lock it behind the wall. You and you don't have to show mercy if it's and you don't away. have to right. Yeah, and you can right. all unify against it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like, and maybe I'm just I'm not being able to think of different uh, examples, but it seems like when I think of evil being defeated once and for all, like in movies. It seems like evil usually defeats itself. And I think there's something important about that, right? Like, I think Voldemort pretty much kills himself. Right. Darth Sidious kills himself, you know, but like... evil's never completely defeated, right? I mean, we always learn that in, in right. the in the end of the end, sure. right? <laughs> sure. Sidious says, I am all Sith. But right. are you really? Because yeah. after you die, there's going to be some evil thing that you takes your it, place. You know it, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, that's where Palpatine comes in yeah. and, right. <laughs> and rises up. Um, yeah, I think it just, it makes life easier for us when we localize evil, but I just don't know if that's how things really work. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the idea of characters defeating themselves is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in like all the Marvel movies, even in Shang-Chi, like, it's the combination of the wall falling and like, it's too much to contain when we can't contain his own agenda and everything coming to pieces. Um, and the ramifications of having to kill his own kid, uh, like that, it all becomes too much and he defeats himself. I don't know. I think what's hard about real life is that it takes longer than two and a half hours for that to play, like for that character arc to play out. Right. And so sometimes I think that we are watching maybe evil defeat itself, but it's a much longer slow burn. Right. (laughs) And so it doesn't feel that way. We forget that for lots of the movie, it feels like evil is going to win. That's what makes good movies. Right. Right. Uh, And so that's, that's a hard thing to deal with in the, in the reality of, not cinematic world. I always rooted for the bad guys growing up. Always. That surprises me not even a little bit. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> they're more interesting. They they're more, more fun. Okay. Like they would take joy in being bad. Like yeah. the good ones. Like Lex Luthor and the Superman from like the late seventies, early eighties. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was he had fun being bad. Would you play that out in real life or would you just No. Okay. Yeah, I was always a good guy. Okay. Well, I was usually a good guy. Okay. Mostly. I mean, it depends on our definition of good. Right. <laughs> uh, but villains are the more fun ones to play. Like from an yeah. acting standpoint, mm-hmm. they're way more interesting. They're, they normally have more character, character development. development. Yeah, yeah. Like when you look at you know, Disney movies are my go-to to this morning for no apparent reason. Um, but like... Because you're you. Because I'm me. Um, Ursula, Jafar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Ursula is a way more interesting character sure. than Ariel. Oh, yeah. Right. Maleficent is a way more interesting char- character than Aurora. Right. They're just like way more interesting and nuanced and developed, and like they have Detailed. motivation. Mm-hmm. 
part of that is because they're grown-ups and not 15-year-olds like in the movie. Not that 15-year-olds aren't delightful, but Mm -hmm. you're not as fleshed out as humans yet. But they're just more, they're more interesting. There's more to hold on to. And maybe that's because we're constantly seeking like what is motivating them and what has made them bad. And maybe it's just because... And if they're written well, there's some kind of backstory that's right interesting yeah that you may or may not know maybe it doesn't excuse behavior but it explains it yeah so one last thing I, th- I want to talk about today just because it's been on my mind I actually talked with Lonnie about this before we started recording <laughs> and um, as long as we're talking about evil I think maybe sometimes the evil in a movie isn't in the movie but it's in the fan base I think that the reaction I saw to The Last Jedi wasn't just people criticizing the movie on its own merits. I mean, sure, I Princess Leia flying through space. I get how that's kind of a weird scene. But it seemed like the main criticisms that were vocalized were from a group of geeky men that just pouted because they didn't like Luke Skywalker the way he was portrayed. Mm-hmm. And I think that... The phrase I used earlier, there's this toxic male dorkiness that um, that's a problem. I mean, I think just as a general rule, toxic male dorkiness is one of my um, nemesis. But <laughs> one of the evils, <laughs> one of right. the evils. It is. But yeah, I think there is something to. To the collective, right? It's the, there's a danger in the collective there's a danger in the group think Mm -hmm. and the more that we surround ourselves with people who think like us and what we think is right and everybody who doesn't think this thing is wrong that goes back to the binary i guess Mm -hmm. the more we build that up in ourselves and so what happened particularly with star wars in this case is that for generations that toxic geekdom Mm-hmm. had created this world and dived into this world and felt like they knew it better than anyone else. Or owned it. Mm-hmm. And owned it yeah. in ways that they did not. And so when anything deviated from that, when the world was broadened, when gray areas were exposed. Anything when, plays out differently. When things yeah. were bigger than that it didn't fit their narrative. And so it was automatically wrong. But isn't that totally true of life? Oh, a hundred. That didn't play out like I thought it would, Mm -hmm. you know, so it must be evil. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But like for last Jedi, what was hard for me about Leia's floating through space was that Carrie Fisher had literally just died. Yeah, I know. And so like the, Reality mixed with <laughs> right, and so like, like that'd be a good way for right. So like the death and scene and then coming back was there was this yeah bungee yeah. jumping reaction of like oh this is the grief moment that we didn't know we were gonna get and then that's not what it was at all. That part was hard. So that maybe part, that's right. real life for the disciples, right? right. Jesus, he dies. They yeah. don't know what's gonna happen, even though he said what's right. gonna happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, but he shows back up. It uh-huh. is the bungee jump. And so now they don't know what to feel, uh-huh. right? right? I mean, like I have no idea what to do with this. That and is how- real life. And yeah. then he goes away. And then he goes away. Right? Like, Again. How long did they sit on that hill waiting for him to come <laughs> yeah, back? Like right. that's I always wonder, like, were they like, well, it's been three days. That's how long it was the last time. Yeah, like, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. So one other thing about 
toxic male dorkiness. Um, so I was driving around right before we started recording this, and I was hearing an ad for you know testosterone, like male <laughs> testosterone boosters. I don't think the problem with people is not enough testosterone. I think we have enough testosterone in the world. And I'm not saying this as someone is bashing men. I'm a man and I'm proud and I'm blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, if you think your life is bad, you think you don't have any energy, maybe it's not because you don't have enough testosterone. Maybe it's because you've lost your purpose. Maybe you lost your curiosity. Maybe you like are just sitting around uh, doing nothing. You know, just come on, guys. But anyway, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed that random rant. Um, Also, I think it's clear to everyone now that Ramiro listens to sports radio in the car. Um, Because that's where where those those advertisements come on. Especially when the Cowboys lose. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I have, there's no skin off my hide. No, I I think that's, I think, I think there's something to that. I think we, maybe that goes back to like, we're looking for, we're looking for a fix. We're looking for a problem. We're looking for an enemy and whether that is evil or other or testosterone. Mm -hmm. Like if I can just fix this one aspect, then everything else will not be bad. And that's not how life works. Life is more nuanced and gray than that. It is. Okay. Well, thank you too. I think that's good for today. And next time, We'll get away from evil and we'll talk <laughs> about heroes. Huzzah! Because that's important. Until then. See ya. Bye.